It is good to have you in here with us, uh, worshiping where your moms and your dads often worship. And uh, so I'm going to ask all of us, young and old, take out your outline, have that in front of you. We are talking today about a body of excellence and um, kind of a message that maybe many of us have not heard, at least in the church settings or in a church service, but it's how... um, God wants us to treat our bodies with excellence. You'll see the blocks that are up here. We've been going through a series on the 10 values of First Baptist. One of them is in the area of excellence. And uh, so today we're talking about how we take care of and care for our body uh, in an excellent way. Now, some of you might say, well, how in the world did we come up with this? Let me, let me share a little bit about how we came up with a subject such as this. Um, uh, some people have asked me, how, how do you develop series and things that we do? There's a number of different ways. I know that when I was doing the candidating process, this is one that was laid upon my heart by the Holy Spirit of saying, you know what? We've come up with these values as a staff. Our diaconate board has approved them. We as a staff believe in them. So it was really easy to say we need to go through those 10 values. Um, but oftentimes I will just be listening to kind of how God directs. I will also be watching and listening to hear issues that are going on in people's lives. Um, I will be hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit of what I need to grow in as well as a person, as a pastor, Um, and then obviously looking at other churches and seeing what they may be studying as well. Uh, But I really know that a message is coming and even a message series is coming when those things kind of all fit together and I see them coming together like that. And so I've shared a whole series on this before in our crosswalk a number of years ago. I just want to share some of the thoughts that I, that I shared, but I'll tell you how it was laid upon my heart. Um, one time when I was speaking in the crosswalk service, uh, I was sharing about how um, we need to take care of our physical bodies, and I was talking about how uh, our eating habits can be very uh, atrocious sometimes, the food that we throw down, the cancer burgers that we eat, uh, some of those kinds of things, the, uh, the diets that we have, the exercise maybe that we don't do as Americans real well. We kind of live a sedentary kind of a life, and I'll talk more about that in just a bit, um, and then the way we sleep. And the sleeping habits, and sometimes with the younger folks, you know, we'll try and pull all-nighters or try and uh, work two double shifts and things like that that our bodies are just not made for. And so a number of people came up afterwards and they said, man, you are nailing me to the wall with that. Yeah, I am not honoring my body. I I mean, you you even look at in America here, we have an epidemic of childhood obesity and how children are, are eating foods that are causing them to gain lots of weight and unhealthy habits and young early diabetes and young kids and those types of things and so so just kind of sensing some of that going on uh secondly a number of years ago pastor jim and i went to a pastor's conference uh it happened to be in hawaii so we had to go suffer for jesus on the island of hawaii um and i know it was tough but we had a good time Uh, but we learned a lot too and pastor wayne codero from new hope fellowship church in hawaii this was one of the first things he began to teach us as pastors He said, pastors, you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your health. If you don't, you'll never take care of God's flock. And uh, come to learn in the course of his talks, as we spent about four or five days with him, that he had suffered a a, a mental breakdown, emotional breakdown, a physical breakdown in the midst of his ministry just a few months before we were there as pastors with him. And uh, so, you know, he taught us about how, you know, you need to up and exercise and walk and run, oxygenate your blood and other things like that. 
Uh, and so that was just another one of those confirmations that, God, you, you were doing something here. Let me, let me give you another one. I was talking with one of my worship leaders on um, the phone, cell phone, and uh, she happened to be going through a drive through at a fast food restaurant. And, um, and she said, just, just a second, Brad, and I heard her what she ordered. She, yeah, yeah. She said, yes, I'd like the uh, curly salty fries with the chili and the cheese and the sour cream and a double quarter pounder with cheese and a large chocolate shake. I mean, I could feel the fat coming through like the phone, right? I said, are you going to eat that? Really? And so we talked a little bit more about that and, and, and just seeing kind of uh, for all of us, sometimes we can fall into those types of habits and, and not plan out our meals and we just do the thing that rushes towards us or the fast food that, that we come across. And uh, uh, the last kind of confirmation that I knew I needed to do kind of a message and talk about this was when um, I had ordered some DVDs on how to care for the health of my body and such, and I sat down to watch them, and I realized in my hand was this huge bowl of Dreyer's chocolate chip ice cream (laughs) drenched in Hershey's chocolate syrup with not one but two chocolate chip cookies in the middle of it. And I thought, okay, we need to deal with this. We need to talk about this because all these factors, I mean, our American society kind of comes at this and says, wow, you know what? It's okay to eat whatever you want. And you know what? It's okay to have those kinds of things in moderation, but, but think about how maybe we do this on a regular basis. And so today I'm coming to you, not as someone who knows this, not as someone who's an expert in all of this, but someone who is learning alongside of you and wanting to encourage you. Because I think in many churches, we have a blind spot. Many people in the Christian community, we have a blind spot in this area that we're not paying more attention to our physical bodies. We talk a lot about maybe the sins against our body, or we talk about the eternal quality of our soul and where that is heading and such, but what about the good, being good physical stewards of our physical body God has given to us and treating our physical body with excellence? Many times we don't, we don't look at that. And we just look at the other areas and we don't realize that that is a huge area that we need to take care of. Growing up in church, I never heard a message or a message series um, about the physical nature of our bodies and how we need to care for them. Uh, and so today I'd like to just share that a little bit with you. I want to link the, the physical and the emotional and the spiritual together because really we can't compartmentalize those. God made us. God, God is housed in our bodies. And so we can't just compartmentalize and separate those. We are called to honor God with our bodies in all that we do and all that we act and all that we say. So um, I, I'm sure as we're coming to this time, I may step on a few toes. I've stepped on my own toes this week as I've been preparing this and looking at this. Um, I don't think there's anybody here who wants to intentionally harm their body. But, but fast food, let me just pick on that for just a second. Fast food is so accepted, uh, and we don't even realize how artery-clogging, fat-churning, gas-producing, all that food is in the midst of our body and what it does to us. I mean, we sit down and try and bless food that I'm not sure even God will bless, if you want to be honest with me, okay? I mean, we pray over food, Lord bless us. He can't, it's like, I can't, sorry, I'm out. Nope, I can't, can't bless that. I mean, you think about the sedentary lifestyle that we live in, modern conveniences, 
and how they encourage us not to have to exercise or do things. For those of you who are kids, probably under sixth grade, you don't even know what um, uh, life was like about when, when, uh, before garage door openers, do you? You know who was the garage door opener when I was a kid? It was me. Yeah. Drive up to the driveway. Dad says, okay, get out. Go open up the garage door. We don't just push a little button and the garage door goes up. We, We would work. We would do more things. Elevators. We're so used to taking elevators instead of the stairways. Cars have made us very lazy. We would drive next door if it saved us a few steps. Uh, in the neighborhood. Um, Americans, Americans, understand this, walk one and a half times less than Europeans. That's today. We, we walk one and a half times less than our friends in Europe do, and five times less than we did in the early 1900s. Five times less. I, I mean, just our lifestyle and how we live today, those things used to provide more of a natural burn of calories that just is not there anymore. And so what we used to get from exercise and a healthy diet and, and enough hours of sleep, now we live amongst a generation who gets that kind of energy from coffee or from Red Bull or from monster drinks or from five-hour energy or other drinks like those that, that, that energize us and try and get us through the day. And it creates this low-grade downward trek into an unenergetic, unenthusiastic lifestyle. Instead of a body by God, it becomes a body by blob is, is what we create for us. That, that's really kind of the, 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 the physical body that we end up with. And, and now I'm not just talking about body size here. So please don't feel like I'm pointing towards anybody or anything as far as a body size and such like that. You could have a very high metabolism and that masks your poor eating habits that you might have or your poor en- en- uh, uh, exercise habits that you might have or not have. I, I, I'm not, I know that everybody is not you know, a certain size. Um, people may be bigger boned than others and genetically it might be that way. And so if God made you a size 6, be a size 6. If he made you an 8, be an 8. If he made you a 14, be a 14. I don't even know what those numbers mean, but I'm just throwing them out there now, right? Just, just well, Not everybody's like, you know, uh, it's the same size. God made us in different ways and different sizes and such. But, but let's not add to what God has made perfect. And he looked at us and called us good when he created us. And so we need to be aware of what goes inside of our bodies. We need to be aware of how we treat our bodies. We need to be aware of how we need to exercise and do those wise kinds of things. Mainly, let me talk about today, what we put in our bodies. Because when you go to fast food restaurants, do you realize that those McDonald's french fries that you get, uh, uh, a small today was what a large was not too many years ago, Right? That, that, that used to be a small, now, or it used to be a large, and now it's a small, because really today we, we supersize everything, don't we? Supersize drinks, you can go to AMPM, to 7-Eleven, wherever it may be, uh, and get the big, you know, big answers, right? And, and you, you go to restaurants, and what do they have? They have free refills that you go back for, and we don't even realize how much we've drank sugar water when we've left. And we, we have large-sized candy bars, and, 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 and I mean, people eat those for meals. And you think about all those things and the way that we treat our bodies, and sometimes don't even think about it. Men, you know what happens? You know what happens when you start eating like that? You get furniture disease. Do you know what furniture disease is? It's when your chest drops into your drawers, okay, right? Did you know that? 
That's what you get. That's what you get when you eat like that. And so we're all guilty of it. We all need to come at this and say, okay, how do I do this a little differently? And I'm bringing this up even with you families and kids and being aware of this because, again, sweets and fun, they're fun in moderation as long as we don't make them a lifestyle. We're having a staff barbecue in our backyard. About 70 or so of our staff are coming over today. We're not just going all green. We're going to have some enjoyment. We're going to have some fun. But, But we do it in moderation. And a lifestyle of moderation, a lifestyle that says, okay, God, what I put into my body, I want to still be excellent in in giving back to you. Because God made us, created us, and wants us to serve him with full energy and long life, an enthusiastic life. But you need to think about how you feel in your body. You need to think about how you exercise, how you sleep, the things that you do, the alcohol or drugs or smoking and other things that we do with our bodies. It needs to honor God. And so let's do this. Let's look at your outline for a second because some of what I just shared, you can probably see on Dr. Oz and other places like that. But I want to give you the theological and the biblical stance on what God thinks about our bodies and why they are important to us and to him. So why do our bodies matter to God? Why are they important? The first thing I wrote down there was this, because God made our bodies. He made them. We, we, we weren't just evolution. We weren't just created out of nothing. God made us. In fact, if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Genesis chapter 2. It talks about God being a creative God, creative being, and how God created everything. And, and check this out. When God made the world, what did he do? He spoke the world into place. He spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the land, the sea. He spoke all those things into existence. And then watch what happened. God did something kind of unique. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we see God really getting involved. It's a sense that he kind of rolled up his sleeves and he's creating man. Check out how he did this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. You see what happens there? It's as though he's, he's taking a little bit of, 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 of heaven. He's taking a little bit of the earth. He's mixing it together. He's, he, he's getting involved. He's rolling up his sleeves and he's becoming involved in this. God didn't just speak us into being. He made us, created us, breathed life into our bodies. He got involved. Then the Bible continues on. It says God made woman, which I personally think man was kind of the rough draft and woman was the perfect upgrade, right? So yay, yay. That's just my opinion though, okay? All right. But look at what David says. Look look what David says for all of us in Psalm 139. In fact, let me just read this off of the outline here. Psalm 139, David says this, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. God, you created me. I didn't just happen. I just didn't appear. You created me. And then it says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your work. My soul knows it very, very well. We weren't some fluke of evolution. 
I mean, think about that. You kids, many times in school, as you grow up through school systems, if you're not in a Christian school, you will get fed that you just kind of evolved into being. That you came from this cell and kind of this goo and this, 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 this matter that went into an animal and then you went into, you know, you and who you are. It kind of is the goo to zoo to you theory, right, of evolution, that that's where you came from. You didn't. God made you. God created you. God breathed life into you. And no miracle is as great as the human being's. The creation of humans. I mean, you can, you can try and scientists have tried to kind of mock and mimic what the human body can do. No way. You can come close, but no way it does what the human body can do. How God made it and made it amazing, amazingly well. It's a miracle by God. God made you. God made your body. Let me give you a second thought on that. That is that God also wore our body. Understand that. God wore a body like yours in his son Jesus. I think that's, I think that's significant. In fact, uh, do we have any uh, World Cup soccer fans here today? Okay. All right, got two of you. All right. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, it's not as probably big in our country, and our team hasn't done quite as well, but you go over into other countries, and Brazil today, you will see this is the Argentina uh, fans and the crowds that are just cheering as loud as they can. Watch this. Let me show this next picture here, because this crowd is made up of people, you know, just like this, right? What's significant about this is that each of these guys kind of puts on their jersey, huh? And it's as though they wear this jersey, and when they wear this journey, jersey, it's like they become one of the team, right? It's like one of them. They, they become their favorite player. They come before their team. I, I thought about that this week, that, you know, that's what God did with us. He sent his son Jesus into the world to wear our jersey. He became one of us. He wore a body like us. I think that dignifies our bodies. God emptied himself to pour it into the person of Jesus, into a body much like, uh, much like, well, like ours. It was like ours. Jesus did that for us. Look what the Bible says in John 1.14. It says, and the word, that's Jesus, became, what's the word there? It became, he became flesh. He had a body. And he dwelt among us. He came down and hung out with us in his body human form. It says that in Philippians chapter 2 as well. It says, being born in likeness of men. They're talking about Jesus. He was born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form. He had a body just like we do. Jesus put the flesh on. He donned the flesh. I think that, again, that dignifies our body. We, we celebrate that at Christmas time. But I don't want to just leave it for a Christmas thing. Where we talk about how, you know, at Christmas, the incarnation of Christ, the fact that God walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms, puts him into this, you know, this manger. Um, Jesus grows in wisdom and stature and favor with God. Man's stature, physically he grew. He walked, he talked, he had flesh, he had bone structure, he had a heart, he had lungs, he had a brain, he had skin. God wore the skin just like us. But let me give you a third reason why I think uh, our bodies are important to God. And this is probably the most important. Because God now dwells in our bodies. Understand that. God now dwells in your body. In fact, jump over to the book of Corinthians. New Testament book. One of the longer epistles. 
Corinthians chapter 6. First book of Corinthians, chapter 6. Paul is writing to some people who were newer Christians. They didn't get it. They didn't get all this. They didn't quite understand that it wasn't just a spiritual fact of excellence now, but needed to have a physical excellence as well. The word Corinth or Corinthians came to mean rotten to the core. There were people who, who, who of their city were just rotten people. And Paul comes in here and says, now you guys spiritually have the Lord inside of you. You should not be uniting yourself with prostitutes. You should not be uniting yourself with temple worship. You should not be doing the things that the rest of these Corinthians do in your community. You, you need to be above that now. And so in 1 Corinthians, he, he gives them this thought that the spiritual is important, yes, but the physical is very important as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 through 20. He says, do you not know that your body is a what? Your body is a temple. And not just a temple of other beings or other things or other spirits. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit is within you, whom you have from God. God has gifted you. God has given you that gift of the Holy Spirit now living inside of you. He dwells in your body. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price so glorify God with your what? With your body. Have excellence in your body. How you treat your body should glorify God. The NIV says, honor God with your body. In fact, would you just, that, that's probably my thesis sentence from this message. Honor God with your body. Would you say that with me? Honor God with your body. Say it one more time. Honor God with your body. We need to give excellence for that. Let me go on. Let me go back to verse 19. Because remember it says there that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit that now lives within you. This was very unique for the Corinthians. They didn't quite get this. They didn't quite understand it. They knew that they had heard about in the Old Testament stories and, and all that went on with the Israelites that God kind of followed them or led them by cloud or a pillar of fire and his presence dwelt in the tabernacle. And they probably had this understanding that, yeah, God's in the church or the temple that's where he lives but they didn't quite put this all together that paul's now saying god doesn't dwell just in the church now he doesn't dwell in a building at all he lives in your building he lives in your body he lives inside of you that was a radical thought for them god lives inside of you he dwells in our bodies i know we have a lot of kids in here, and so I won't get a lot into this, but parents, you need to talk to your kids even about some of the sexual things that they will be tempted with in upcoming years. Uh, share with them age-appropriate illustrations of that because the sexual chaos is rampant here in our society as it was in the day of the Corinthians. And so Paul was trying to correct some of that and say, honor God with your body. God's concerned what you do with your body. He's concerned where you put your body. He is concerned what you put into your body. He's concerned how you treat your body. He's concerned about the places you take your body. God's concerned about that. And God wants you to be aware of that. In fact, Romans 12, 1. It's at the bottom of your outline or it's up on the screen here. Would you just read that together with me? Let's read it. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual act of worship. Now, I just read that out of the NIV because that's how I most know it, your spiritual worship or your spiritual act of worship. What's that saying there? Is that how you're treating your body, what you're doing with your body? That's how you worship. I mean, it's not just coming in here and, you know, lifting your hands or saying the right things or being led in the right way. It, it's, it's how you worship. You worship with your, with your body. You worship what you do with your body. Our bodies are not, we're not to worship our bodies, worship them. Worship is not for the body, but the body is, is for worship. It's what we do with our bodies. And so we should give our best act of worship, the best body possible back to God so that he can use that to glorify himself. He can use that for our worship. We can worship him with that. that that's my desire for you as a, as a church. That you would know that, that you would understand that. The kids, the children who are in here today, as a young age, that you would treat your body with respect and excellence. For all of us who are older as well, and maybe we haven't gone down that path, that we would start to do that. And if you need any help in this area whatsoever, we have a parish nurse ministry. That's in the Welcome Center. Harold and Carol Miller have run that ministry for a number of years. We have a number of other medical staff who work with them as well. Every week they're there. They can take blood pressure for you. They can check some, some of your blood work and some other things like that uh, on a regular basis. And they can give you advice on eating and diet and other things that you do. Uh, we, we think enough of this that we would have a parish nurse ministry here to care for you, um, that you can get those kind of resources and such as well. In fact, even in the cafe... Which people might say, well, you know, I, I love the coffee. I love the drinks over there in the cafe and such. Did you know that they also have some great green smoothies over there in the cafe? If you have not had a green smoothie, you owe it to yourself. It, it, it's, a, it, it's actually a spinach smoothie, which I know sounds horrible to most of us right now. But you try one of those, and they are good. I had some people come out of the 8 o'clock service. They heading over there. She walked back in. She said, this is great. This is good. I guarantee you, you will enjoy that or your money back. I don't, I just said that, didn't I? I, I didn't mean to say that. No. I don't know where, honestly, where that came from. But, but no, you will. You will enjoy those kind of drinks. Take care of your body. Can you have those other things? Yeah, you can have those other things too in moderation. But care for what's being in your body, and I'll tell you why. A number of years ago, I visited one of our dear saints in the hospital who for years had taught children's worship. She had taught in a children's Sunday school class. She loved teaching those children. She would say, all these children are my children. I love these kids. These are my kids. Well, I saw her in the hospital, and, and she, was, she was kind of thoughtful and thinking through life, and she was saying, Pastor, I've, I've not treated my body very well. She said, because I, I now can't go back and teach with those kids. I can't minister in there anymore. My body's given out on me. It gave out on her prematurely. She, she knew she had not treated well. She had eaten the things that she should not be eating, and she was so remorseful. And I look at this now, and I say, folks, catch that before you're at that place. Catch that before so that you can continue to serve God with your bodies all the days of your life. When I was sharing these thoughts with some of the, my staff and some other people that I was going to be talking about this this week, people often say, well, yeah, you know, I, I do have some things I need to do to change my diet or my exercise or my sleeping habits or whatever it may be. I pray that you will take some action steps out of this. But it won't just be me who's helping you learn this. It would be the Holy Spirit who's now kind of convicting you of this and giving you another thought of, of why you need to do some of these things and take some of these steps and not eat some of the things that maybe we eat. 
And maybe don't get radical. I mean, I mean, make small changes so you can sustain them. If you go out to eat or, you know, fast food four to five times a week, cut it back. Go maybe one or two times a week. Start to work that back. Walk in your neighborhood. Walk around the block with a family member, a friend, or a neighbor two to three times a week. Be very purposeful. In fact, I would even challenge you, park over at Scottish Rite Building on Sunday mornings. We need more parking spaces closer by, so be one of those who says, I can get a little exercise walking back and forth, even to Scottish Rite. We, we don't need this attitude of, oh, there's not a front space for me. I mean, I mean, seriously, for myself, I'll go to the mall sometimes, and I'll pick the, cho- the closest one instead of that one right there. I'll get upset that i got to walk 10 extra feet because I wanted one in the front row. I don't even think about that. It's just, it's just you know, you want the best, right? You want, well, use those kind of situations. Where you can walk farther. Do it purposefully. Balance, kids. Balance your TV watching, your video games. Parents, help them balance that with more physical activity. Maybe even before you come to church here, eat the fruits, eat the veggies before you come to church. That way the donut holes don't look so tempting, right? Right? I actually thought about taking away the donut holes for a Sunday, but then I thought they'd probably fire me if I did that. So I won't touch on that. I won't touch that. I know. I know. Whoa, right? Whoa. But you don't have to choose them, do you? You can back away from them. And I would love nothing more than if we had to buy less donut holes because less of you were eating them. Right? I mean, think about that. Maybe we should evaluate that more as a staff. In fact, there was someone who came out of the 8 o'clock service and said, well, do you mind if I bring some fruit in and we can start to eat some of that? I said, call me this week. We'll talk more about that because we do want those healthier options for you. Maybe, maybe you need to get off a of soda. Maybe you need to get off a of coffee or caffeine. Maybe it's like me. You know what one of my biggest downfalls? Sugary cereals. Love to start my day with cuckoo cocoa puffs. Yum, 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 right? Mm. Now, I haven't eaten those in years, but still, some of the sugar, my wife has said, hey, you know what? These are high in sugar. Do you really want to be putting that into your body? I, I am with little changes, little things that we do. There's another pastor on our staff who talked to me this week, and we were discussing this. He said, you know, um, a, a few months ago, I was praying and fasting, and, and God was really speaking to me about how I was treating my body. He said, I became convinced that God was saying, what you're putting into your body, you should not be putting into your body. That would be interesting if you would take the time to do that. If you would pull yourself away from food and fast for a bit and truly pray about it, God, am I doing this correctly? Reveal to me places that I'm not honoring you with my body or what I put into my body or how I treat my body. Reveal those things to me. Because your spiritual life will only go as far as your physical body will let it. Let me say that one more time. Your spiritual life will only go as far as your physical body will let it go. If you are in the hospital or worse, if you are now dead, it's over. It's through. And how much do you feel like serving? How much do you feel like worshiping if you are, if you are just in pain? And the sad thing is, over the years, we bring that upon ourselves many times. This last week, I had the privilege of doing the funeral service for Cliff Kurtz. Cliff passed away. He was 93 years old. And um, he and his wife, Corrine, were just wonderful, long-time, long-time members here at the church. And as I talked with the family about Cliff's life, um, they said he was such a jokester in, in so many ways. In fact, the daughter said that when she was growing up, she would often come home to dad sleeping on the couch. 
And she would come up over dad and she would say, dad, are you awake? And he would just be laying there. Daddy, are you awake? And then he'd go, bah, like that and surprise her. She said he did that until he was 93 years of age. And then she said, she wrote this down for me to to share with the congregation. She said, and then one day he just didn't wake up. But in that moment, I, I turned to her and I said, now, Gail, you know that your dad did wake up. He just woke up in a different place. He woke up looking at the face of Jesus, who said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my kingdom. Well done. 93 years of age. Well done. Good job. My prayer is that everybody here would reach at least that age, that we would be serving the Lord all the days of our lives, and we would be working hard and resources church and resources mission and send our resources to the mission field, go on the mission field and work, that we'd be doing that here in our church and our community. We'd make a difference. And then whatever age that is, we just keel over and die, and we look at the face of Jesus and say, I did my best. It was excellent with what you gave me. I hope you have long health in doing this, because without your physical body, your spiritual life would be dead. Or more appropriately, it'll be alive, won't it? It'll be alive like you've never had it be alive before. But it ties in with the spiritual. The spirit is housed just for a while in this body. And the decisions you make in this body last for eternity. So I just want to encourage you, First Baptist, be excellent stewards of what God has given you. Amen? Amen. Amen.